0: Warm heart, good morning. Good morning. Four people 12 bells. That's, uh, that's what they could pull off. Thank you. Thank you to the bell choir. Uh, my name is Michael Beneshek. I'm one of the warm heart pastors here, and it is a joy to welcome you to our Sunday morning worship. Yeah, if, if you came here early this morning, it was raining, and if you came here just recently, it was cloudy, and now it looks like the sun is just trying to peek out. So uh, we give thanks for this beautiful day of life. If you're joining us online, I pray that it's sunny wherever you are. Uh, we got people joining us from coast to coast and uh, down in the Gulf Coast today. Uh, wherever you may be, welcome. Uh, we are blessed to have you with us. Uh, if you've been with us for a while, uh, well, uh, let, me, let me backtrack. Lori's got that announcement. But if, uh, if this is your first time here, we have a welcome basket for you that we'd like to present to you. Uh, just, just let us know that you're new. Sometimes we don't, we don't catch everyone. Lisa does her best as she looks around as well. But if you're new, just somehow catch me or catch catch Lisa. Lisa There's Lisa. Hey, everyone say hi, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> this is your first Sunday. Find, she's like the tallest one in the room. So uh, she's easy to find. Except Pascal. I see Pascal back there too. Pascal looks like he's, uh, anyway, he's, he's tall. Um, yeah, we have a welcome basket. We just want to say thank you for trying us out, and we pray that you find a blessing in today's service. As mentioned, Lori is our worship leader today, and uh, she's got a few announcements to share with us this morning.
1: I do. Good morning, y'all. <laughs> it's wonderful to be here to worship with y'all in this beautiful space. I'm grateful to be here with you.
2: Is that
1: a Boston, accent? no, all y'all, no. That's that's South. <laughs> y'all come, um, Kentucky, a little bit of Kentucky, Tennessee, North Carolina. I've been around the block a few times with the help of Uncle Sam in the military. If you don't
0: know, Laura, she she was a local pastor down there, local Methodist pastor, and she found her way up here, and uh, we're we're blessed to have her.
1: Thank you, and I'm blessed to be here, absolutely. Thank you. Okay, so our announcements. Uh, If you've been coming to the Warm Heart Church for a while, and you'd like to consider it your church home, You're invited to find out a little bit more about us at this meeting, and it'll be after the second service. They'll be having a new membership class in the Family Life Center around 1230, and you'll get pizza. This upcoming weekend, we have kids' night out on Friday. You can drop the kids off and have a date night with your better half, or your other half, or your sweetie. On Saturday, the United Methodist Women of Faith have a luncheon and a speaker. Check out the bulletin for more information and for the announcements. Today is Communion Sunday, and all are welcome at this table, even those who are watching from home. So all y'all who are online, get your elements ready for the blessing later on in our service. Next Sunday is Mother's Day and we'll be passing out carnations to the moms and grandmoms in our congregation. We hope you'll join us, and we won't be alone. Every Sunday, the United Methodist Committee on Communications picks a church with online worship from across the globe to highlight, and they place the service on their website for the whole world to see, well, we were picked for, to be broadcasted across the globe. Our Sunday is next Sunday on Mother's Day, so that'll be really cool. I'll be watching y'all from afar, because I won't be here, but that'll be neat. <laughs> we're blessed to have a great tech team who makes all of this possible. We thank you for that. That's the announcement.
0: Thank you, Lord. Let's take a moment, greet those around us in Christian love, and then remain standing for the opening hymns.
1: Remain standing as we affirm our faith together. It's in the hymnal number 887, or you can see it on the screen, and it's taken from Romans chapter 8. Let's affirm our faith. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, or persecution or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? No and all things we are more than conquerors through the one who loved us. We are sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things sin nor things freedom nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated.
0: I heard a kiddo who's excited about children's time. So come on up. If you're like fifth grade and down, this is your time in worship. So a good friend gave me a box. I don't know what's in it. I'm scared to look. I can't even hear it. I'm scared. I'm not even going to open it. Nope. 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 What if? What if they gave me an egg? That'd be weird. I? I shouldn't shake it if it's an egg. What if they gave me a giant spider? Do you think? Do you think someone would give me a giant spider like this? No. What if it's a snake? Would a snake be cool to give to someone? Here's a snake. I don't know. How do I, how do I find out what's in this thing? Any ideas? What if I just feel inside? Do you think that would work? Do me a favor. I promise it's not a snake. Without looking, take, just put your hand in there and see if you can figure out what it is. <laughs> now, take a look. Er, no, don't, don't, don't take a look. You going to try It's soft. Mm. Do you have any ideas? Like a stuffed animal? Would you like to try? It is soft. Now, do you trust me? It is soft. Yay! All right. Well, this person has always given me good gifts. This person has never lied. But I was, I was worried. Like I don't know what's in. It is soft. It's a little bunny. Aww. Hey. Hold it for a moment. Thank you. I doubted. I doubted what they gave me. I didn't know if it was to be a good thing or a bad thing. But like I said, this person has never given me a bad thing before. They've only been giving me good things. So I could probably trust that they would always give me something nice. The story that the the big folk are going to get in their lesson today is about a guy named Thomas. Thomas was a disciple of Jesus. And after the resurrection, after Easter, Jesus came to all the disciples and said, here I am, I'm alive. Except there were only, only 10 disciples in that room. Judas wasn't there, he's gone. But Thomas was also gone as well. Thomas wasn't there. And after, after Jesus came and told everyone, I'm still alive, Jesus left. And later they found Thomas and they said, Thomas, he's alive, he's doing great. And Thomas is like, I don't believe you at all. Nope, it's impossible. Not until, not until I, I can touch him. Not until I feel the wounds of his hands and, 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 and can verify with my own eyes. I won't believe you. The next week, Thomas was with the gang up, up in the upper room and Jesus showed up and said, Thomas, I'm here. And Thomas was able to touch him and see him and then and he believed. Jesus said, don't I always give you good gifts? Aren't I always telling you the truth? I'm here. And blessed be people who, don't, who do not see me and and cannot cannot touch me. Blessed are they who believe. We trust in the one who tells us the truth, teaches us how to love and forgive. He's alive. I've never seen Jesus personally, but I believe, because I believe in what he said. Let's pray. God above, for all the gifts that you have given us, whether they be soft and fluffy, friends around us and the family that help take care of us, we ask your blessings upon these little ones. That they grow in stature, that they grow in your love, and they grow in the knowledge that you you are the one who saves us. In your son's name we pray. Amen. I better save this for the second service children's time. Thanks guys for coming down.
3: us come together in an attitude of prayer. What are, what are the prayers of our church family this morning? If you have any prayer requests or concerns that you'd like to share, this is the time of our service where we share them aloud with one another. And then I will lead us in our, in our pastoral prayer and then the Lord's Prayer, which the words will be on the screen. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we pray that we may feel your presence and be transformed by your love. Create in us a desire to be patient and kind and not envy, but be content and thankful for the simple gifts in our lives. Lord, we pray that we may be compassionate and filled with the desire to serve with a Christ-like humility that is not self-seeking but is concerned for the well-being of our neighbors. Help us, Lord, to let go of anger and to learn to forgive when we feel wronged. And God, we believe but help us with our unbelief. During times of uncertainty and fear and doubt, may your truth be revealed to us, so that we may discover freedom and be transformed for your glory, knowing that your love never fails. It perseveres. And in you, we place our hope and our trust. Lord God, we are your people. And today we gather together to worship and praise you, and to pray the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done,
0: I'm going to test our tech team up there because I uh, forgot something a moment ago. Uh, our Celebration Choir, they only have a few more Sundays before a summer uh, hiatus. Uh, they'll be back in the fall, but uh, we'll get them for a few more Sundays. But uh, Tom and Nancy took a few pictures of them uh, last, or a couple Sundays ago, and we just want to celebrate the Celebration Choir. It's about, uh, about a minute and a half long. Let's take a look. I still see a couple empty seats if you've ever thought about singing in a choir. I know they only got a few more weeks, but uh, they, they practice on, on Thursday nights. So uh, give, give Debbie a ring if you'd like to help. Uh, praise God in, in, in this way. All right, tech team, I'll get back to the regularly scheduled program. Thank you.
1: The scripture lesson for today comes from John 20, verses 19 through 31 hear the word of the Lord on the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders Jesus came and stood among them and said peace be with you after he said this he showed them his hands and his side the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, Thomas But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And that by believing, you may have life in his name. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
0: As we look at the disciples we discover that they all had a distinct personality, different from each other. Whether or not that was the case, it seems a fact that the writers of our Gospels highlighted a particular point, a view or a personal characteristic trait for each of the disciples. Peter was strong-headed. Judas, always the traitor. John had love Andrew was always the usher, bringing people to Christ. Mary was a faithful companion, equal in her own right. Each disciple had a niche, had a place at the table. It's not that they were only these things, but this was the, the element that was highlighted. I remember a phone call that I got from my father many years ago. And after a short conversation, he was, he was never one to call. I said, uh, Dad, why, why are you calling? And he said that he had talked to all my other siblings that day, and he wanted to finish off by talking to the sane one. Mom. <laughs> My ego got a little boost, like, hey, the same one. He goes, yeah, I, I, I talked to your sister, the responsible one, and, and your little brother, the brave one, and, you know, Dan, the fun one. Uh, I'm responsible. I'm brave. I, I, I want to be the fun one. He goes, yeah, 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 that's just, that's just how I label you. And uh, I just happen to have the most boring one. We have that in the Gospels. We remember the disciples for one or two events or their personality traits. Like, uh, like Peter, rock. You know, rock. So he's, he's the rock. Uh, we, we sang this, not a disciple, but uh, and maybe you're curious where this word comes from. Uh, Here I raise mine. Ebenezer. It's an Ebenezer. Because when I think Ebenezer, I think of... Uh, uh, Ebenezer, yeah, it's not exactly a happy thing, is it? Ebenezer, rock, like solid rock, immovable, there forever. Ebenezer, here I raise mine Ebenezer, this is where I stand. Uh, uh, there, uh, up north, there's an Ebenezer United Methodist Church. Uh, this is where we stand. So when Dickens used Ebenezer, it was, when people heard that, they heard he is immovable like you will never get him from being who he was to who he could be, uh, Ebenezer's group. Anyway, the person I wanna take a look at this morning is the disciple Thomas. Thomas is forever known as the doubter, doubting Thomas for his role in the Easter story. Now, we don't know much about Thomas, how he got to be a disciple, where he met Jesus, Many of the other disciples were fishermen, but Thomas is never labeled in that group. The narrative never gives any indication where he comes from. He's just listed as one of the 12. We don't know how or why he came to Jesus, but he's there. The scripture said he was also called Didymus, which means the twin, uh, Greek for twin. Uh, Thomas means twin in Hebrew. A twin to whom? We're not sure. But it was right after the Easter episode that Thomas gets the most press. It was on Sunday after the crucifixion. Mary Magdalene went to the tomb where they had laid Jesus just a couple of days before. The stone rolled away. She ran to tell Peter and the others. In Luke's account, Mary is not alone. The women went together with spices. They were visited in that gospel by two angels who told them of the resurrection. Another gospel shares that Peter and another disciple ran to the tomb to see for themselves that the tomb was empty. That night, the disciples were all together except for Thomas. Maybe he was hanging out with his twin. We don't know. But Jesus appeared to the other 10. Peace be with you, Jesus said. And he showed him his hands and his side. The hands, you understand, the side is where the spear went at the crucifixion. The disciples were overjoyed that they saw the Lord. And for the whole next week, I could just imagine them trying to convince, to cajole Thomas that, that he missed out.
4: That the Lord is alive. And Thomas
0: wouldn't budge. And I don't know if I would either. Matter of fact, Mary didn't believe until an angel told her so. Peter didn't believe as well. He didn't believe Mary. He had to run and go check and he still didn't know what to think afterwards. The other disciples were just as puzzled until Jesus came and stood among them. They had the advantage. Thomas had no such proof for himself, proof that the others had already received. The others had doubted just the same. Thomas just got to be the last one to know. He's our scapegoat for the doubt of the disciples. Unless I see the nails... Or the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were and my hand into his side, I will not believe it. It's kind of a morbid request, isn't it? Can't, can't you just look at his face and make a judgment? Notice the why do, why do you have to play with the flesh? We all have our, our own requirements before we believe something, do we not? A while back, my wife, Stephanie, smelled the milk in our fridge. This smells horrible. So what do I do? Here, let me check. Yeah, you're... Why couldn't I just believe? Growing up, I discovered what an electric fence was because I watched my brother, the fun one, grab it. And then I had to try it myself. A scientist could tell you that, that the universe is 18 kabillion light years that way and 25 kabillion light years that way, and we'd believe them. But someone says, there's wet paint. Oh, is it? Hmm? <laughs> We got to find out for ourselves. There's a, a, a what? Thomas was like that unless he had proof. He would not believe that Jesus came back. A week after Easter, a whole week, the disciples were together again, and Jesus reappeared, shared the same words, peace, be with you. And he went up to Thomas and said, put your finger here. Reach out your hand, put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And from that point on, Thomas was a believer. We have this image of Thomas as a, as, as a pessimistic skeptic who dragged his feet and refused to see the truth. So just for fun, I went back through the gospels. And, and where, where is Thomas also in this story? Was he, was he kind of the doubter, the pessimistic guy throughout all of this? And, and the answer is no. You might remember the story of Lazarus, the, the one that Jesus rose from the dead, a friend of Jesus. Jesus, well, here, Here's the backstory. Jesus and the disciples were in another part of the country because they had flown the area where Lazarus lived because people wanted to stone them. They wanted to kill them. And so they, they, they left. And they heard through the grapevine that Lazarus was dying. They were scared to go back because rocks hurt And after several days, Jesus said that they were going back to the country. They had just fled. And all of the disciples were against this, except for Thomas. And Thomas said, and this is a quote out of John, let us go also that we may die with him. That's not a doubter. That's someone who's got courage. He's the brave one. Also at the Last Supper, with the impending death of Jesus, Jesus mentioned that there's another quote out of John. Uh, you will all know the, the, the way to the place where I am going. And Thomas raises his hand in the back. We have no idea where you're going. Tell us plainly. Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way uh, in King James? The more I read of Thomas, the more I understood that he was, was the one who verbalized what everybody else was thinking. Jesus said, let's go back to Jerusalem And Thomas said, we're walking to our deaths. Jesus said, you know the way to the place where I am going. And Thomas says, we don't have a clue. And now at the resurrection, no one believed until they saw, until they had proof. And that included Thomas, who just bluntly said it, I won't believe until I see. I can see a lot of Thomas in myself the uncertainty, the wanting of proof. Show me what I need to to believe. In my years of ministry, I have learned several things about faith along the way. The first thing is this. Faith without doubt is not faith. Faith without doubt is not faith. Faith without doubt is called fact. Fact. A fact is something verifiable, concrete. There is evidence in its trueness. You, you really don't change a fact. Faith. Faith is believing in something despite the doubts. If you have faith in something, then you, then you see through the questions and you still, you still believe. And I think all of us at one time have, have had those little doubts along the way. We all have our fears that we grapple with. We all face that uncertainty of like, I'm not sure if I'm doing this right. It's okay to doubt. You don't have to have all the answers. It's all right to question. If we're not allowed to, to, to question our faith every now and then, then what kind of faith do we have? If we're not allowed to to ask the hard questions our hearts are asking, then what room does faith have in our lives. Of the wedding couples who come into my office, I worry more for the couples who have no doubts as to the ones who have some questions. I ask, what's, what's been your biggest fight so far? Oh, we've never fought. I'm like, oh, you're in trouble. <laughs> you got to have the little practice fights, you know, along the way. So, so when the big one comes, you know how to act. Uh, Those with questions seem to have more realistic perception about the bonds of matrimony, knowing that the road's going to have good times and those other times, for better or for, for richer or for.: Yeah, some of us have lived through those days, haven't we? Of the parents I speak with, I worry more about the person who says that they are the perfect parents than the ones who are like, "I don't know if I'm doing this right." It takes faith to raise a child. And faith requires doubt. We don't think we make mistakes. And let me tell you, you are making a big mistake. Thomas doubted. And even though he doubted, he was still a disciple. He was still in the group. and He still had a place at the table. It's all right to doubt our faith every now and then. Sometimes questions need to be asked. Which leads me to something else I've learned about faith. God responds to our doubts. In the midst of our lives, he answers. For Thomas, Thomas found proof one week later than everybody else. All week long, the disciples pleaded with him. They, they, they shared with him. And it must have been a long, confusing week. Thomas, Jesus came. He's here. And I can see Thomas on Monday. Where is he? I can see him on Tuesday. No Jesus. I could see him on Wednesday, nothing. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, nothing. That Sunday, though, that Sunday he found the answers he was looking for. For Thomas, Easter came that night. Pastor Mike, God didn't answer my prayer. The next day, Pastor Mike, God still hasn't answered my prayer. Next week, God still hasn't answered my prayer. I don't know God's timing. And I don't know if you're going to like the answer that you get or if you're even recognizing uh, what's coming from the heavens. There are those moments, though, when your own doubts are cast aside and you can find hope once again. And that's why we celebrate this Easter Eastertide is the, uh, the 50 days after Easter, Easter to Pentecost, the giving of the Spirit. Pentecost, 50, 50 days. Uh, our, our, our lights are white. The colors are white. Pentecost, we get to what color? Red, wear red, end of, end of May, uh, Memorial Day weekend for us. Uh, and then we go into ordinary time. But Eastertide, Eastertide is when we believe that all things are possible, that things can grow again, that winter is going to leave. There are no dead ends. There's no reason to despair. Your marriage may be on the rocks. Your children might not be who you'd like them to be. You know, you could look at the local paper, if you got a paper, and you wonder if this town's gotten mad some days, and you look at the world and say, where on earth are we going? Did I read about another shooting? Alice? It's four miles away from where my cousin lives. He says he was there the day before. Maybe your world has shattered around you, the loss of a loved one or a bitter divorce, or a health concern, or a dream has faded. But Eastertide tells us that there is always light at the end of the tunnel.
4: The tomb is never sealed.
0: I know I should wrap this up, but I want to tell a story. Can you believe that? A pastor wants to tell a story. I got a pastor friend who whose son was diagnosed with a disease that could prove fatal. An outdoorsy kind of kid, always wore outdoorsy kind of clothes. Didn't even own a, a button-down shirt, but total T-shirt kind of guy. When the doctors told the family the news, the kid, teenager, he became you know, sullen, he became down, he became depressed. I, th- I think we all would be. And his family did what they could to rally around him and just provide him all the strength and support that they could, make every day special and meaningful. They went on special little tiny day trips and small vacations, just enjoy the time that they have if the worst should come. Then on one day on that, a poor young man felt really down. He asked his mom, can we go shopping? Mom says, yeah we can go shopping because I because I, I, I want to I want to look for some clothes We could look for some clothes so they went to the mall and he didn't go to Eddie Bauer or, or to or hot the other places that he would usually go but he went to Macy's JC Penney's he was looking at suits he tried several suits on and one day he when I, he found one he liked that just made him look really sharp And he asks his mom, mom, can I have this suit? And the mom says, yes. And then the salesperson asked, hey, you want to go look at some shoes? The kid said, no, that would not be necessary. All of a sudden, it hit the mom what they were doing. Next time the kid would be wearing the suit, no no one would be able to see his shoes. The kid had lost hope. Her son let the darkness of doubt win the fight. There was nothing she could do. Two months later, more doctors' appointments, more uh, more, more treatments. The young man went to his mom and said, "Mom, can we go buy some shoes?" Yes. Yes, let's go." Take the day off from school. We are going shoe shopping. Happiest day in that mom's life, from what she told me. There was still danger. There was still the unknown, but the kid had a semblance of hope once again. Faith had found his way and found its way back into his heart. Not only did they buy one pair, but four. We're buying shoes. He was letting them know that he was going to fight. He was letting them know that he would not surrender. And should he even lose his life in this battle, the disease would not win. He had a faith and a trust in God that God would take care of him no matter what. Easter came to that house that day when the clouds of doubt and darkness gave way to hope and light and life and faith. The kid's fine, by the way. Doing well. He's got his own family now. Thomas found his Easter a week later than the other disciples. Some of us are still looking for an Easter. Some of us are living our lives like it's still Good Friday. It's okay to doubt, it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to wonder are you going to make it through whatever it is that you're facing? God always answers. Maybe not in the time frame that we would like, but he answers. tide, when God's love is shown through the darkest night, he'll always answer. Of that, I have no doubt. The family of God said,
4: On the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, Jesus took the bread, gave thanks, and he broke the loaf, saying, take and eat, all of you. This is my body, shed for you. And after the meal, he poured out the fruit of the vine, and he said, take and drink, all of you. This is my blood shed for you. For the forgiveness of sins, do this in my name. All are
0: welcome at this table. If you believe in the Lord Jesus, this is is your place. If you have doubts like Thomas, this is your place. If you're still trying to figure out what this Christian life is all about, come to the table and discover, taste, and see that the Lord is good, says the scriptures. Table is set. Please come forward. As we come to the offering, a word of thanks to those who faithfully participate to the giving to this church and its ministries. You make this place happen. Uh, it, was, it was a couple of years ago before I learned some acronyms. Someone called and said, Pastor Mike, I want to I want to give you my RMD. I'm not of the age to know what an RMD is yet. Uh, so I was going, uh, Rusty Mazda Dart, uh, Something of weapons of mass destruction. What's an RMD? Uh, they said required minimum distribution. And uh, I said, well, we can make that happen. Uh, if you have an RMD coming up, uh, here's here's a little 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 tax trick for you. Uh, don't cash in the RMD. Don't don't take it home. But you can give it straight to the church. That way, you don't pay taxes to the KGB, IRS. You don't want to pay taxes to them. If you'd like to avoid some taxes, that's a that's a nice way of of, of playing that trick but we appreciate the gifts today to make these ministries happen. you please join in our prayer. Holy God, thank you for making Jesus Of the Valley. It's an old-timey gospel one. Somewhere in there, 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 during the course, there's a hallelujah that I like to share. So if you see me go like this, just let's practice. Can you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. You got it. Let's sing the song. Thank you to our choir and the music for everything you do, the tech team upstairs to make this happen. Those of you joining us online, Layla for doing our candles today, appreciate that. Uh, And to all of us, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. That as we walk through these days of Eastertide, may our doubts be erased and we walk in love. Go in peace.